friends. Welcome to another episode of the That Sounds Fun podcast. I am your host, Annie F. Downs, and I am so happy to be here with you. We woke up this morning to another sad story out of London, and so my heart's just a little heavy today, and I I just want to encourage you to say a prayer for our friends over in the UK and what's going down there. There's just so much in the world that is hard, isn't there? And so if y'all wouldn't mind, if when that comes to your mind, I'm going to be praying for them. I hope you will, as well as the other things that are fresh off the newsreel. I wish we still had newsreels. Does anybody have a newsreel? What does it even look like? I don't know. But my phone alerts me with new news stories. And, and sometimes it's great and sometimes it's really hard. But I'm grateful um, that we know the end of the story. We know who wins in the end. And so we're just going to believe that and pray for peace for families who have lost people they love and for a city like London that seems to be under some sort of attack. So let's pray for them when they come to your mind. So in the background, the music, as usual, is our sweet friend Ellie Holcomb. And her new album, Red Sea Road, is a favorite. And I bet it's a favorite of yours at this point, too. I have loved, loved, loved hearing your responses from the last couple of weeks of the podcast. Chris McClarney and Sadie Robertson. I keep getting the same response about Sadie. And I know you guys where people are going, I almost didn't listen because she's 20. But oh my goodness. And I'm like, I know, y'all. I know. I know. She's amazing. She's amazing, and it is so great. And Chris McClarney is also amazing and hilarious. The three of us filmed a uh, Facebook Live video a couple of weeks ago, and he brought me a tiny hand, and he brought Sadie a tiny hand, and I'm thrilled to now have my own Chris McClarney-branded tiny hand. I'm just beyond excited about it. As I've been telling you for the last few weeks, in about five weeks coming up is our That Sounds Fun Weekend here in Nashville. If you want to know more, you can actually go to thatsoundsfunweekend.com and learn everything you could want to know about the weekend. We still have a few tickets left if you would like to join us July 28th, 29th, and 30th. And today's guest is one of our guests at the That Sounds Fun Weekend, one of my favorite country singers that is just amazing. She's incredible. Y'all are going to so adore her by the end of this conversation if you don't already. Her name is Kelly Bannon. You should listen to her music. As soon as you finish this podcast, you will love it. Her latest song is called Church Clothes, and it is really, really beautiful. And this conversation was really meaningful to me and um, gave me a lot to think about. So I think you will really enjoy it as well. So here is my conversation with our good new friend, Kelly Bannon. Kelly, thanks for being on the podcast. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm so excited. Okay, tell me about your podcast. Well, it's called This Nashville Life, and yeah. we have two seasons. Okay. And we're actually doing like, we're taking a break for the summer. Yeah, we're yeah. in production for the third season. So yeah, yeah. we're not putting out any episodes, but next season is going to be actually kind of different, and I'm excited about it. Tell me, okay, tell me about but the first two the seasons. First two do you seasons mostly do country people? It's sort of what we say. We have a podcast ID at the beginning of our, our episodes, and it's okay. like, the story of how Music City makes its biggest export. And so we say it's yes. the who, the how, the why, the why not, part love letter, part right. hate mail, part how-to guide. Right. <laughs> so I think it Brilliant. is. That's the, what That's what I really think it is. It's part love letter, part hate mail, part how-to guide. And so I interview artists, managers, uh, lawyers, publishers yeah. ab- about 
the journey of making music. So it's both about their story. How'd you get here? What mm-hmm. What's your story? And then also like, what do you do? And how does this sort of hidden part of the business play into the visible part of the business? Oh, that's so, cool. And we use my story as the lens a lot of yeah. times because just I've, you know, done the major label deal. I've done, you know, the radio game. and right. but, so, but we use my story as a jumping off point to like tell this sort of larger story. What is your favorite thing about hosting a podcast? Well, one, this is like the mean answer. Oh, good. <laughs> Start strong. D- well, you probably, this happens to you. Yes. I'm You're going to be more diplomatic with your answer than me, but oh, I don't know. a lot of people who are amazing are like, hey, can we have coffee and talk about how you become a singer-songwriter? Mm. And you don't know them, mm-hmm. but they're just like super sweet sort of Instagram friends. Yes. And what would happen if you said yes to all of those requests, which are so flattering. Yeah. And you want to help. And you want, because you need help. Yes. I get it. You totally need help, and I'm glad you're reaching out. Yeah. But you wouldn't have time to actually make the music or write the books. Yes. So the podcast is a really easy way for me to to say, I wish I could have coffee with you right now. Mm -hmm. I'm not in a season where I can do that. But here's the podcast, and it, like, literally tells you more than I could tell you in an hour of meeting. And honestly, oh, what's brilliant? What people are really looking for, I think, is someone to go, you can do this mm-hmm. as much as I can. Yeah. So just go do it. Yeah. Here's your permission. Yeah. Like I needed permission. And I don't know why that what that says about me, but like I needed someone to be like, yeah, you're good enough. Go do it. And, yeah. But I mean, you are. Right. Like you know what I mean? Right. You if that's like if you feel called to go do it, you have what you need to go try it. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you if you're gonna be famous. I'm not. Right. You know, like, but like you can go do it and right. follow the path. Do you know what we've started doing? Because I because I had to start we went from saying yes to those because I felt like oh, this to. is my pastor's it's, cousin's babysitter, yes. I should say. But so now what we do is we do four a month. And they pay. It's a consulting hour. Oh, girl. And so we do one a week. And so anyone who emails us, we go, hey, if you're really serious about this and you would like to meet with Annie over Skype or for coffee for an hour. Yeah. Absolutely. She can hear the slots that are left this month. Here are the slots that are left. And I, because it, it is, I love doing it. Yeah. But the problem is when I sit down for an hour and I'm te- not writing my book or not doing my work. Well, and an hour it makes easily becomes panic. an hour and a half to yes. two hours for right, me Right, because too. you have to drive there. You may sit there longer. Yeah. You have to. Yeah, yeah. It's not just the one hour. And it has been so life-giving on both sides Who, so far. From a really like logistical standpoint, yeah. do you have, does your day-to-day navigate that? Yes. The request comes in. Yeah, the request comes in. I Eliza handles it for me, my assistant Eliza. And then she takes a cut of the percentage of what we That's make. That's awesome. So we go, here's how much it costs. Eliza gets a piece of that for handling all the details. And then, and it has been awesome because we've done some live ones. We've done some Skype ones. The Skype ones are so, and, and the other beautiful thing is people are not impressed with who you are and they're not there just to like be your friend. They come with a list of questions because they have Ooh, paid for that hour. Yeah. And so they are like, here's exactly what, if I'm only going to do this once yep. and I paid for this, here's exactly what I want to know from yep. this particular author Perfect. that had time. And so I had someone text me this morning that wanted their, that wants their nanny, their nanny wants to write a book. And I said, that's awesome. Here are the options. And she said, I don't know that my nanny will be able to do this, but maybe we can do this for her as a gift. I'm like, that's awesome. But uh, but the problem was I was starting to resent taking time away from work. And I was saying yes, because I had to, not because I wanted to. 
And I, I, I was feeling social pressure to say yes. yes. And like, and well, as I've a believer, do, right? So I mean, and and I don't know. I mean, I am like, oh wow, we're airing it. We're air, I'm airing it yeah. right now for your people. <laughs> yeah. But but it is you begin to resent people because because I don't have good boundaries. I start to resent you for asking. Yes. But really, that's, that's not it. your. It's not your problem. You can ask. Yes. And then I can navigate that hopefully in a way that's like good and responsible for me, my time, the people I need to say yes, yes. to, like my husband, yes. my mom, you right. know, who, like, who I like. Your contractor I need, who's building your house. The, the contractor who, yeah, mm-hmm, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna no comment that. But um, but yeah, and that's actually I think what's really practical about that is it is not personal. Like I want to, if I'm so thankful when people are engaged enough in my career that they want to ask me questions Mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. And that is so flattering. Yes. And then, but I cannot do my job well when I say yes to all of, to all of those. That's right. And And that's the truth. I mean, and I think our friends who listen and read our stuff and listen to our stuff, like there is some under because I understand when I call people who are a few years ahead of me mm-hmm. yep. in this that they are taking time away from the yep. work. I'm not going to ask my counselor to meet with me for free. Yeah, that's right. Right, or to take time away from her work, and so yeah, it just becomes it come it loses the personal side. So I don't feel guilt because I have bad boundaries. Right, <laughs> and it becomes like no, God's called me to this. Yeah, and this is the way I can use an hour to help you if that is what you feel well, called to. Well, and you know the other thing that I do really like about it is. Um, you know, as a woman, and I don't know for your listeners if this is something that they deal with too, mm-hmm. it's taken me a really long time to really believe in a deep way that my time has value. Mm. And part of the way, when, when that, now that I believe that. Yeah, why, what was the switch there? Do you remember? You know, it, it probably does come from the bad boundaries and feeling taken advantage of mm-hmm. fr- from some situations where you almost have to overreact. You know, that's like a not a healthy thing, but like you almost have to get to the point where you're like, dang it, who is going to treat my time with respect? Wait a second. If I don't, (laughs) then who else will? And so just even from a place of like, you know what, person who's reaching out on Instagram, you probably have something in your life where you have a lot of value and knowledge. And I hope someone's paying you or treating you, even if they're asking for a favor, Mm -hmm. treating you with respect in the way they're asking for that favor. And so part of, you know, I. You know, in theory, that's part of how I'm re- take, respecting the fact that I have a decade of of grad school, essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. of work that I've done in this industry. Yeah. But so you asked me, like, what's my favorite thing maybe about the podcast? Yeah. That's one of my favorite things is I can say, guess what? I can't meet with you right now because mm-hmm. I'm living with my mom and trying to get moved back into my house and <laughs> really, really, really desperate to yeah. have a little bit How of How many quiet. days at your mom's? 300, so, 100 and- okay, I'm not good at math, but the 29th will be 365. So <laughs> the 29th of June. That you and your husband so, have lived with your mom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going there. But okay, keep going on but, the boundaries. So, so you message so people. So anyway, you know, so the podcast is a really easy way to say all of the knowledge that you probably want from me is you can find at the, in the podcast and from these incredible people who have given yeah, their time yeah. to you for free yeah. being interviewed on the podcast. Right, right. Um, but the other thing is like, I just am like, in some ways as a Nashville native, I am like the welcoming committee. I think of myself yes, in that way. Yeah. I can't help it. I love when people fall in love with this city. Yeah. Um, 
I was going to make a joke about bachelorettes, but I'm going to dial it back <laughs> and just not say anything snarky. We even love you, bachelorettes. That's Come right. on. Not even the ones from the show, but the, the ones, the, yeah, the bachelorette the actual, parties. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because we do have um, quite we do a have collection bachelorettes here of too. bachelors and bachelorettes but, um, from the show who've ended up here. So I just, I love getting to tell the story of Nashville from my little lens yeah. as a Nashville lover and yeah. an advocate for the city and the and for the the value of the work that all these musicians and artists are are doing like I love getting to tell that story. Yeah. So what's cool is our our new season will actually be even more about storytelling. Oh cool. And less sort of interviewy. But Oh, okay. It, yeah. It'll oh, be awesome. a way to have more people touch the the story that we're telling yeah. really excited and we're going to be able to like up the production value a little bit which yeah. I'm super excited about I, I think the export conversation is really interesting because Nashville has become a city that exports on a massive level. Ooh, yes. Have you seen that change in your decade yeah. of doing Haven't this? Haven't you? Yeah. I mean, how long have you been here? Six? Uh, no, nine. Oh, oh okay. sorry. Eight, nine. Okay. Nine in August. So yeah. that's a decade. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. Yes. I, and I, you know, Nashville always had a sort of like, oh, shucks, kind of like persona around the value of the art and culture that we were exporting. Mm -hmm. And now I think it's like, no, actually there's a lot, we have a lot to offer. Yeah. And I mean, from the food world, from, as from authors, there's, there's a lot of different stories. It's not just like country and Western music, which y'all, that is such a misnomer. Like that term is not a real thing. Right. When you say that, then I know you are not paying attention to country music, (laughs) but, um, yeah, so I think it's really exciting to see, um, you know, and we have a lot of flaws here, too. Sure. Like, definitely. Yeah. And I think we've seen some really cool change just as far as, like, the people that we champion. Mm. Like, I think they're starting to look very different. Like, they look more different. A wider variety. A wider variety. Yeah. A, li- a, a wider slice of humanity, which is, I think, a really beautiful thing to happen in a southern city. Yeah. Much needed. Yeah, I but, agree. Yeah. I had an interest when the whole Preds thing was going on. Cool girl. Right? I was fascinated by it because not only did I love it, and I love sports, and I love get. – I'm all in whenever I'm into something. Yes, ma'am. So I'm all in. I was all in with the Preds. But I thought, and I had lots of conversations with people where I said, why is this happening? Like, why is everyone? Yeah, what's your take? I think it has to do with exporting. Because I think we, everything we make as a city, we give away. Mm-hmm. And, or sell. I mean, we're not, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, yep. music's not free, books aren't free. But everything we make, we make to export. And that was nothing we had to give away. Mm. And so there was this thing because it was happening. Yeah, and it was happening during CMA Fest. That is not for us. Yeah. That's for everyone else to come here yeah. and be with us. And we love it. I love it. Yeah. I go to as much CMA Fest as I can. Yeah. I think it is so fun. But that's not for us. That's not for Nashville. And I think the Preds gave us this thing that we went, oh, we don't have to share that. Every city has a team. We don't have to share this. Yeah. This is us looking at each other versus looking outward. Isn't I don't that- know. Yeah, that's actually about fellowship. Yeah. Right? That's about, yeah, being with the people you're with, not looking. Yeah. And I do like, I mean, I love that Nashville looks outward or it, what we make, so much of what we make goes out. Yeah. But um, I actually just want to say, I want to compliment you. Because I really love the fact that you go to CMA Fest. Oh, thanks. Because the natives <laughs> yeah. turn their nose up at CMA Fest. And I am like, if if I can make 2017 about something in my own life, yeah, I want it to be about, one of the things I want it to be about 
is not worshiping at the altar of like cool. Mm. And there's, you miss out on a lot of really cool, I'm going to use quotes, yeah. slash fun, slash amazing things when you're concerned with how cool it is. Yeah. And there is like that kind of side to Nashville too, right? That's like, you know, what's like the thing to be at and be seen. And right. I just love that you like are out there supporting your friends that are playing shows at yes. CMA Fest. Yeah. Like, that is cool to me, but that's maybe not the street death. Right, right. Cool. Do you know the other reason I do it is that I would give anything to have lived here in the 90s <laughs> as a 35-year-old. I just think what I would, because I loved did, country music. I did, and we didn't go to anything because you oh. didn't, locals didn't go. Oh, see, I mean, you could have seen the, like, Dixie Chicks. I know. On a tiny like, stage. Like, I messed up bad. I know. That's I'm not how I blame my parents. Okay, well, let's blame my parents. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get there. Don't worry. Um, yeah, oh so so part of it is I make I make a lot of decisions for other versions of Annie, which may be a crazy way to live, but I'm always like, I'm going <laughs> to do Annie this. Which Annie is that? For the old, for oh, the little okay. kid this Annie? This is for n- 90s Annie. Yeah, yeah, for 90s Annie who would give anything to go to all this, right? I make a lot of decisions for future married mom Annie. Oh, where I'm like, let's oh, talk she about some of yeah, I'm like, let me tell you what she can't do. What she can she can't do? So, for example, CMA Fest. I oh, mean, right, I could she's literally... going to be home making cobbler with her with for the totally, babies. Totally, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, my babies will eat a lot of cobbler. <laughs> That's probably true. Um, Iker, for the CMT Awards, she mm-hmm. literally came home at four and said, if you can be ready in an hour, you have a ticket to CMT Awards. I was exhausted. I'd been writing hard all day. And I thought, oh, I don't, I don't, did I shower today? I don't recall. And, and I'm going to an award show. And I was like, you know what? future Annie will not either A her friends won't be performing and Lady A was performing with Earth, Wind and Fire right right so your friends won't be performing you won't have a free ticket and you won't be able to just pick up and go and so for her I'm do, I'm gonna go tonight yeah. and I'm so glad I did it was super fun I got to see people that I love and so so well, for 90s actually, Annie I went to CMA Fest that is, both of those things so like going to CMA Fest going to CMT Awards like for me there is a thing in the industry where um like today, there's a number one party. Uh-huh. It's at the same time as like as my trainer. I, I, oh. I one of the ways that I keep yes. my brain okay is I I work out. It's one of the ways I work it out. We're gonna talk about him too because I have so many questions. Oh my from gosh, the stories. But it's like I'm like you know, there's gonna be a time when. I'm going to wish I had gone to my friend's first number one party right. instead of, like, going to work out. Right. Because, really, like... Because it's her first, his or her first number one party. Right. right. Like, I Tell need to people do about that. number one parties. They're really fun, but they're, they're kind of this really First, interesting world. Well, but, and I guess what I was going to connect as far as, like, the number one, but it's like there are things where we do them, they're part of our job, or you go to be seen and network because mm-hmm. that's also part of your job. But you know what? I hate that there have been moments in my career where I've gotten to the point where, like, going to an awards show isn't that special. Like, right. I want to rekindle the part of my heart that yes. sat at the CMA Awards for the first time in like 2013 in my dress yeah. and you had bawled an my seat. eyes yeah. out yeah. because it was just, oh, I'm not on yeah. stage, but I'm here. And I think yeah. there's a part of me that maybe has gotten so cynical about waiting to be mm. on that stage that like, I'm like, ah, I'm just not going to go. This sh- I don't want to. Listen, I that'll like preach, that part though. of my heart. That'll you know? preach because that can happen in any. I mean, that could be a single person not going to weddings. That can be a woman who wants to get pregnant not going to baby showers. Yeah. It's that like, can I be, just want to rekindle the part yes. of that delight in my heart that's like, you know what? This is still magic. Yes. And maybe there are some. The waiting when it, can be painful, but it you can, can be. also celebrate. Right. It's kind of your, I think, 
we get to decide how much something interests us and awes us. Ooh. You know? Ooh. And so I try to live like everything is a huge surprise and is really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and so then when I go to the CMT Awards, I've been before, but like, <gasps> wow, look, I love Brett Young. I can't believe you I'm getting to hear him. I remember I was doing a show with the Brothers Osborne in North Carolina, and it was not a particular, like, it wasn't a... It wasn't maybe the kind of show you write home about. Sure. But that you do a lot of those. Yes. Like a lot of our job is you show up at a radio station and like there aren't a million people there or mm-hmm. it's a really weird setup or whatever. Right. And I remember John saying to me, sometimes I think, what would 14-year-old John have mm. thought of this opportunity? Yes. And like 14-year-old John would have been losing his mind that he was getting to play electric guitar in front of 250 people. Right. In the middle of nowhere in North Carolina. And like I kind of want to like there is something to be said for dreaming big, whatever. You know, like that's great. There's also something to be said for delighting in the moment that you do have. And even the sermon that I heard yesterday at my church um, Where do pack, you go here in I go to Green Hills Church. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And it's in our neighborhood. Yeah. We walk when we live in our neighborhood right now <laughs> with my mom, which is not in our neighborhood. But we walk, which was we just really wanted to be somewhere where we could like we weren't commuting. Yes. Um, but we that was in our own thing. We, totally. just, we, we were like felt that. Okay, that's beautiful. But the pastor was talking about when he was in seminary, there was like this there was a photo of um Billy Graham uh-huh. or a portrait, a painting. And he was like, I'm going to be Billy Graham. <laughs> and he was like, you know, like there's something really awesome about having a desire to see thousands of people come to Christ. Yeah. And then there's also a place where your own vision for your life, you hijack like the vision mm. and it's not God's vision. And it's, that was Billy Graham's story, and that's not his story. Yeah. And, like, so for me, I walk this line of, like, I want to dream wherever God is taking me at the yeah. at the whatever level. And I want to be, like, wide-eyed and, and, like, full of passion and full of, you know, probably also perseverance. Yes. And then I also want to have open hands and say, I don't exactly know the particulars of this dream that God is writing for me and this Mm -hmm. story that he's writing for me. And so I need to walk in that path. Like right now, I'm a not really particularly well-known artist who has had songs on the radio and who's sold hundreds of thousands of singles. Yeah. But like that isn't like, but you know, God didn't give me um, a platform and he didn't give me a voice to make much of myself. Mm. And I just don't know how that all plays out as far as like, I know that I'm, I believe that I'm supposed to make country music. Yeah. Secular music, I guess, is what I would also say. And, and I just don't know how he's going to be glorified and how that story goes. And it's just tricky because there are these really human goals that it's like, well, if you're going to be in the game, you need to have number one singles and you need to have this big touring career and you need to, you need to have. And like the bottom line is I would really like those things. And I hope that I could walk in those things in a way that is honoring to him. Mm -hmm. And I believe there is a way to do that. Yeah, I agree. And yet I don't know what he has for me. Mm -hmm. And then 
I also have to deal with the ramifications of like what the world says about my success or lack thereof. And I have to like reprogram all the time. Like, right. Like I might be a quote success or like if I'm like living with and being a good steward of the gifts he's given me. Yep. And it may not look like the story that Music Row loves to champion. Mm-hmm. And those, there's a disconnect there sometimes. Yeah. And that's just hard. That's a place where I live and I struggle and I mess up right. and I want the wrong things. And then I correct or God corrects. Right. And it hurts. And then I have to offer it all back up. Do yeah. you have that? Yes. And I think it's interesting that you said that's the place you live because I think a lot of times people think you wrestle with something like that and then you come out the other side. Mm, but not, I not actually for me. think, I don't think so either. I actually think the right thing, if we're actually co-labors with Christ, if we're actually, like I take that really seriously, the idea that that what God has called me to is a co-workmanship with him. Mm-hmm. And if if I'm working with God and we are co-working together to do something with this life, I am forever going to wrestle with what I want versus what he wants versus what's actually happening versus mm. expectations from other people versus expectations for myself. And, and like in all, I love that. And then all, there's also this thing where like, you know, I have, tr- I have learned a lot of really hard lessons in the last decade and I've had a lot of counseling. Yeah. And I also believe that God wants me to give my full heart to him and to what I'm doing. Yeah. And that means like I can't grieve in advance and I oh, can't settle in advance. Yeah. And I can't say that's probably not what he has for me. So I'm going to go ahead and just say, I don't care about number ones or I don't care about hit songs or I don't care about whatever. Right. Like it also means wrestling with the really present part of my heart that's going to get hurt. Yes. Yeah, because when you say, I, I mean, I wrestle with that with New York Times, oh. right? Because when you go like, I don't care if it hits the New York Times, what you're actually like, yeah. That is, well, I don't know about any other author. When Annie Downs says, I don't care about New York Times, that's actually managing a disappointment. That's right. That, that is actually thank not you for saying how I really that feel way. that way. That's exactly what yeah. it is. And I actually don't think that God may not have number one New York Times for you as the story he's writing, or he may. Right. And to choose either in advance of what, of what actually happens mm-hmm. and cut it off and manage by managing that potential yeah. disappointment. Yeah. I do not think. That is that is not living in the risk that is right. following him right. fully. Right. I th- and I think I have to, I mean, I manage that ex- same emotions when I'm dating. Yes. Where I go like, I'm sure oh, do. this isn't going to work. It's fine. Right. This isn't going to work. This isn't, this isn't going to work anyway. And yeah. then it's like, well, you actually, I mean, I just went through, it's like, there is literally no way this is going to work over and over. And my counselor was like, why do you keep saying that? And I'm like, because I'm scared it's not going to work. Yeah. She's like, tell me all the reasons it would work. And I went through and listed all the, and I was like, Ooh. Oh, this is this could really work, mm. but I keep saying no way will it work because I don't want to be disappointed again. Right, right. And every book I have come out that doesn't hit New York Times, I go, I'm not going to care. I'm not going to care. Oh crap, I really. Gosh, and it's that's like this little microcosm, and I'm stealing a phrase from someone who's like a really important theologian that I just can't remember who it is. But it's like this <laughs> you know what's term, awesome, but is we have this intern turned employee named Hale, and she finds everything. She and can she go credit li- us, yes, or credit the person, yes. the yes. brilliant. Person. We like to give her one like treasure hunt every episode, so this will okay. be her treasure hunt. So there's there's this concept of the now and the not yet uh-huh. that refers to actually like eternity, like we mm-hmm. live in the now and also in the knowledge of where we're bound, right? Where we're heading. And those, that's, you know, it plays out in ways like the ways we want to make Eden here and Mm. the ways that it feels like that sometimes here and the ways that it doesn't at all. Right. 
And so in a little mini way, that also the dream for me of being an artist and having the kind of career where I could support my family mm-hmm. um, doing that or that 10 years of labor would actually turn into harvest. Yeah. That is a wrestling with the now and the not yet yes. for me too. Yes. Like. I have some of it. I have a glimpse of it, a shadow of it. It isn't the fullness of the dream is not realized. Mm-hmm. And there's there's this wrestling. Yeah. Tell me about being in the mainstream world versus doing Christian music. Mm-hmm. I'm super interested in the idea of like, I, I've been listening to, I listened to David Platt speak recently. And he talked about sharing the gospel and like literally sharing the gospel and like, actually saying the words to people, not just living like, a life. do you know yes. that Jesus came right. to die for you? Right. And have you ever heard that? And if you haven't, can I tell you about it? Yes. Does anything scare you more than that conversation? Oh, I, listen, <laughs> terrifying. I don't know why. I mean, because I know the right answer. Yeah. It's, but yep. it's terrifying, isn't yeah. it? To actually say to someone, hey, I, I want to make sure you actually know this. I want to make sure you actually know the truth and and the, the not yet mm-hmm. is there's an option for you. There's two options in the not yet. And I want to make sure you know, but then I also don't want to lose this relationship. Yeah. And I also, you know, it feels really risky. How do you decide? That's so, that is so hard. And you know what? I d- I think I probably have a lot of repenting to do mm. around um, the concept that by not judging, I'm loving. Yeah. Like, so I really, really felt as a kid, I, as I was very, very, I was very hurt by, um, a lot of the social structure that is middle school, that is high school, like everyone. Sure. But I feel, I carry a lot of that hurt and I felt very judged for not being cool or not being pretty. And I I think you could look at my twenties as like a big old, idol of I'm going to prove to the world that I'm actually pretty and that I'm actually talented and that I'm actually cool or whatever. And that is something that I have to offer up in a very continual way. Because guess what, guys? It's real empty, right? Like we know (laughs) it, but we still chase the things that we know won't fulfill. That's why I love that new Kenny Chesney song, Rich and Miserable. Mm. I'm like, oh man, that is, that's a good word. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So... All that to say, I feel like part of the way that I want to love is just this really abundant, mm-hmm. um, generous love. Yeah. And I don't know how to navigate that when it comes to telling the truth about things and not be and not seem or not actually be judgmental. Right. Because I am not the judge. But to me, that also I can make that an excuse where I don't tell the truth. Yeah. And that's, I'm, I wrestle with that too, because I have such a love for my lane and my mm-hmm. spot Yeah, and my spot. Luckily I get to interact with a lot of people who are asking a lot of questions. Yeah. And my number one goal is always that they feel like we're friends. Yes. And so that makes me slower to say the true thing. Right. Sometimes because, because I don't want them to feel like I don't love them. I don't want my people to feel like whether they're listening to one podcast or have read all my books or are sitting across the table from me at yeah. Frothy, I don't want them to feel like I don't care for them or I don't love them no matter what. But loving them is probably actually telling them the truth. And I, as you're talking, I'm thinking like of the people that I know love me. Yeah. In my life, 
they are the people that tell me the truth. Yeah. You know, and that is, that's hard though. And I think in your world surrounded, I mean, when you're, I I know, I don't know y'all's world very deeply. I know, I know enough people to know that you are surrounded by people who have everything they want, but feel really empty. Yeah. That is, I mean, there is so much work to be done. I mean, like, my husband is a therapist now. I, oh yeah, that's right. He just he finished. Just, he right? just graduated. He we ha- essentially had so much counseling that Jeff like <laughs> left the business world and went to get his master's, and he works for um, a practice, a private practice here. But I think about that, and I'm like, the the music community is so ripe for, and honestly, that's a very ripe place for the gospel, right? Because when you have everything this world has to offer, mm-hmm. and you still are coming up feeling empty. Mm-hmm. That's what I've seen with my pals who are professional baseball players. It's like, it does not take very long in the major leagues for my phone to ring and them to go like, this isn't everything. Yeah. And you know what? I sometimes get scared for myself that there's a part of me that is still, that still believes that lie for myself. Like there's a part of me, I'm like, what ways am I acting like? That's my salvation. Or mm. if I only get this, then oh, I'll be. You know. How many people could fill in the sentence? If this was different, if blank was different, everything would be different. Yes. If I had this, if I looked like this, if I was able to do this, if this one thing was different, everything would be different. And what that actually says to me, when I answer that question, I think I'm actually answering, what do I worship? Yeah. No, I think you do. <laughs> right? I think that is, I mean, that's a really good way to, to like point at it. Yes. Um, and uncomfortable. I mean, what was the thing? What did you, you'd asked about just the Sharing the gospel. Actually. Oh, <laughs> gosh. You know, gosh, how do you do that? How do you do that? I think that's the thing that I'm, that may be a new season of wrestling for me. Yeah. Is like, okay, I, I want to, I have friends who are so comfortable just having a really easy Jesus conversation yeah. with people who don't believe what they believe. And I want to I can talk about Jesus really easily, but asking you to answer a question without me filling in the gap of quiet with like, but like whatever. I mean, (laughs) we can just talk about it later. We don't, I'm just going to drop this thing and run away. Oh, Go read you, Romans and call me later, you know what? right? So my husband, my family ha- was in the car business, which, oh, that's a whole other uh-huh. thing. But they have this saying, whoever talks first loses. In negotiating, whoever rushes in to fill the empty space has given up the power in the conversation. Really? Yeah. So the, the power play and that obviously sharing the gospel is not a power play. <laughs> right. Newsflash. But like in I'm just wondering if there's a parallel there where we rush in out of our own discomfort of like yes. oh I mean, never mind, it's okay, cool, yeah. whatever. Like that's me. Right. Like let me fill all potential awkward gaps with me yes. talking about something yes. stupid. Right. But like there like that's actually like a negotiating tactic. It's like you wait. Okay. Now I think that would there's some really unloving ways to do that sure. if you're having sure. you know, depending on the conversation, but being comfortable with that, to me, that space could also be called the mystery, mm, yeah. which could be called the Holy Spirit, which yeah. could be like when we leave space for another answer that's not our own voice, that's powerful too. Like, and I wonder if my reticence around sharing the gospel in a direct way actually is a, is me is pointing out my lack of faith in mm. that will God deliver? Yeah. Do I believe that he will enter this conversation? Do I believe 
that not just for me, but for all people, this is a powerful, compelling story. Am I afraid? Like, am I afraid that, you know, it won't hold up? Right. And if I actually think about that, no, I'm not. But what I'm probably afraid of is that I don't have the answer. Mm. And like, that's just really about me again. Yeah. But he has the answer. Yeah. So I don't have to have, I'm not a Bible scholar. Yeah. I'm a songwriter. Right. Like, I'm not, like, and so there's a part of me that probably just needs to acknowledge that it's a lack of faith heart question for myself when I'm afraid, like, what do I actually believe about my Lord? Mm. You know? That right, because I can talk about, I can tell you how Jesus changed my life and I can't live without right. him. That's I know right. I can do that. But leaving that space for someone else to decide that yeah. across a table and then also, is harder. Maybe, you know, there's a part of me that's super practical and wants to like, let me lay out the foolproof argument for you. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, mm-hmm. that's people are not won over that way. Right. What they are won over by, as I'm sure you've experienced with your own, with your authorship, mm-hmm. is when you tell the truth about something that happened to you. Yeah. And you don't even do it. You're not doing it in a manipulative way that's trying to get an emotional response. You just tell the truth about what's happened in your story. Yeah. You tell the truth about what God has done for you. Like, that's probably where I need to start those conversations Mm -hmm. and not out of a, like, let me make this dynamite gospel presentation. (laughs) Right. I have a board, a trifold board, (laughs) like a science fair project. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just I don't know. It's super convicting. Gosh, why did you have to ask I know. Sorry. (laughs) It's because I'm wrestling with it all the time right now. It's like on my mind ever since I listened. I mean, classic classic David Platt. That's what he does to people. But I've just been, he just, yeah, I've just been thinking like, I love my people mm-hmm. and I'm doing well telling the story of God in my life, but there are people in my day-to-day life that do not know Jesus and, and them not knowing the abundant life he could give them now and the eternal life that lasts forever when I get coffee with them Ooh. is making me have feelings yeah. of going like, is it still loving them that I let them walk away? Yeah. Oh, girl, you know, I love your heart. That's what I'm trying to figure out. So I'm just trying to figure out, like, how how do I tell these people who I live everyday life with that Jesus is the answer in a world that says there are a lot of answers mm-hmm. and to actually love someone is to let them believe what they have found as the answer versus asking them to change their mind. And so it is, it's really challenging in America I feel like if I moved to another country as a missionary, quote, quote, it must get, I think it must get a little bit easier Mm -hmm. only because you, you're on mission there and you know that you're there so that people will get saved. When you're living here, it just doesn't, for me, maybe this is way different for a lot of other people. I don't feel like a missionary. Maybe I should. Maybe I'm missing part of what we're called, where, what we're called to live where we are, you know. Oh man, seeing your heart in that. Ooh, Sorry, that just touched me. <laughs> well, you know, too. I think that we're we're like living in this age, right? Of like, and I kind of I like I wrote this little piece a few maybe it was a month ago when my song Church Clothes was coming out. And yes, I was. I kind of like. Sh- jokingly made the headline vulnerability is the new black yes you did but like went people crazy. didn't get it people didn't i don't think i i so that probably means i didn't write clear enough because help me help <laughs> oh me oh my gosh Annie. i saw so many but people like, share that though. but like 
like it's kind of a joke. It's both. I think vulnerability is the cure to a lot of yeah. things. Yeah. Or or being honest about your brokenness, mm-hmm. being honest about where your where you, where it runs where your life runs out or where yeah. all of your attempts to save yourself have come up empty. Right. I believe in that. Mm-hmm. I also think there is it is super in vogue to be real vulnerable about right. and there's a way where you can undress <laughs> mm. um in front of people with about your story yeah that probably isn't responsible based on where you are in your own healing totally. or your yeah. own so but so i think we're in this age of like okay so vulnerability is the new black and like that kind of works for a minute right and like you know, people are having all kinds of really honest conversations around, but it's like if you know that ultimately all other ways will lead to a dead end. Right. That it's almost like we, you can kind of satisfy, to, it's all these temporary satisfying kind of techniques. Right. And then, you know, so I do think ultimately it's just if you, the kind of friend that you want to be and that I just saw in your face as you yeah. were talking about that, like, when the saving ourselves doesn't work. Yeah. Like, are you still there? And are you telling the truth yeah. in that moment? Yeah. Is that what church closes about? For me, it is about, um, it. yes. Because that's how it feels. It feels like this, that's like, what it's about. I can cover up with what yes. everyone sees me on Sunday, but what happens at home is a totally different yes. story. And for me in that moment. And did you write church close? No. And, and I probably couldn't have in the season that I, so... In the season that I received that song, yeah, um, and it was written by Nicole Gallion and Liz Rose. Of course, it was written by Nicole Gallion. I, know, right? I, I can't say how much I wish I could say that I wrote that song because it was it was my story. And Liz it, Rose, who wrote tons of Taylor's early stuff. Yes, and then Girl Crush. Yeah, and, I mean she's, whew, she's a the two of them monster. I but, mean, I love watching Nicole's story and how the song she turns out. It is out. truly she's exciting to see. I think her gifts employed in that way. Yes. Um, And this is a tangent, but when I was starting to write in college, my RUF pastor, his name's Greg Thompson. He went on to be a pastor at a church in Charlottesville. And now he has has kind of moved into some other consulting roles, but he's one of the giant, in my life, the giants, as far as like thought, um, Christian thought and like how. Is he the one who does the culture emails? Is it that Greg Thompson? I don't. He, I don't know. He may. Ugh. He probably. It probably. Hail, hail, sorted out. And he She'll wrote. Um, he wrote. Um, he's written some really beautiful hymns. Um, like and rewritten some really great old like Gatsby hymns. Yeah. And, um, um, Jesus, lover of my soul. There's a version yeah. that he did that's really incredible. But anyway, he um really shaped a lot of the way that I was thinking about um approaching secular life as an entertainer. Yeah. He said to me when I was starting to write and I was writing these like really sort of almost like CCM country songs. Yeah. (laughs) They were so bad. And he was like, hey, girl, like you're God. He's like the king of everything. Yeah. He is the king reigning over all brokenness. He's actually the king reigning over divorce, Mm. cheating spouses, Mm -hmm. Businesses that have gone wrong. He is the king reigning. He is the author that is like allowing like all everything in this world that's happening that feels like it's secular isn't. It's actually God's and he is over it. So you can write about all that. 
And essentially, I think he was also like, he just has really great taste. And he was like, this is terrible. Why don't you write something actually cool and great? And like, you know, you can write about all things. Yeah. You don't have to write like these sort of like baptized versions of country songs. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But and to me, that's um, what Church Clothes does is it just tells it tells a story and it does not give you the moral of the story. Mm, And it doesn't. And the lesson isn't like, here's what you should do or Mm. here's how to fix it in an overt way. It just tells the story of two people that are covering up. And you don't know what happens to their marriage. Like you don't know if they work it out, if they break up. It's not a Tim McGraw that has a pretty good, he usually bows it up at the end for me. And sometimes I really need that. Yeah. But I also think there is something to, you know what? If your story doesn't end in. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. If your, yeah, yeah, if your story doesn't end in you reconciled after your husband cheated on you and you went on to have this beautiful marriage, which you might because mm-hmm. that's how big our God is. Mm-hmm. But your story might end another way. Yeah. And like that's not out of the reach of what God is up to either. Yeah. And so that's what I loved about that story. My parents... Um, were separated mm-hmm. after 40 years of marriage. At the moment that I heard that song, my dad had just left. Oh, wow. And my own marriage, because I'd been on the road for like three solid years, was yeah. just Or yeah. you probably have to bleep me. Uh, Apologies. Maybe. We'll pray about it. We'll figure um, it out. It I don't was, know. It was truly terrible. Yeah. And we were both miserable. Mm-hmm. And we like didn't we needed to do a lot of truth telling about where we both were and we've done a lot of work and our marriage you know for whatever reason our marriage we never had a honeymoon period not like we had a honeymoon it was right. also terrible <laughs> let me just say there was like a hurricane down oh in gosh. wherever we were and it was also terrible but we did not have a honeymoon period and and we never have and yeah. our marriage is You've just, just worked for it the whole way through. Yeah. and that doesn't mean that we aren't supposed to be together yeah. but like we just don't have one of those christian marriages that i think people put up on pedestals and they write like amazing songs about we have a marriage where every day we work hard and most days we fail at loving mm. each other in a Christ-like manner, and we're still married, and it's been uh, since 2000, and we got married in 2003. Again, not good at math, so that's, I don't know how long <laughs> 14 that is. Years. That's 14 years. Yeah. But so that's, and that's another one of those stories that I wish there was a beautiful bow at the end yeah. of it. There's just not, yeah. except the bow is that we are laboring, we are co-laboring yes. in this marriage that we yes. have, and I think there probably are people that would have gotten divorced and maybe and God probably would have written a really beautiful ending to that too. Yeah. In this kind of we have a really hard marriage. So I just say that because like there are all kinds of beautiful marriages out there yeah. and they aren't all So why do you stay if it's hard? Mm. Like there's like the cheesy answer because like God is sticking it out in relationship yeah. with me and yeah. I'm a I'm a piece of crap a lot of times, <laughs> but Me also too. just because I believe, um, like I believe that this marriage is a gift that God is giving, mm. has given me and that what the world tells me about marriage is not true. And what, but what God tells me about marriage is more true yes. than like, and that like today we have the strength to submit it to him 
offer it up. And I mean, I don't want to say like our marriage is bad. No, no, our no, marriage is just that. very hard. Yeah. And I think it's just like some people have. I think there's a real difference between a bad marriage and a hard marriage. Yeah. Some people, there's a difference between a bad kid and a hard kid. That's right. And yeah. and like some people, God has given them illness. Mm. And like God has given us, like in our story, we both of my siblings, one full sibling and one half brother, both died from a drug abuse related and and addiction related issues. There's a lot of addiction in our, like that's just part of my story. Another part of my story is that my marriage is hard. And it's hard because of my own bad decisions that I make on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And it's also hard because of who I am and who Jeff is and we're combative and I'm like Irish. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> there's just a lot of things that make it hard. And yeah. that so I don't have like the perfect answer to like why you stay i believe because i believe staying is for me and for us yeah a, a better choice yeah and it, like and there's us, beautiful that comes out of it right like, for I us mean, do y'all see that yes yeah. and when we have other people like we're at that season of our, of our marriage where we've been married so long we've seen other marriages end yeah and like i used to be really judgy about that man but like I'm just not anymore. Yeah. I, that doesn't mean I don't think that God's design is still for people to be married to each mm-hmm. other. But it's just I just don't have a lot of I can't I can't conjure up the same judgy feelings I once right. could about right. That. I feel that about a lot of things. Yeah. Where I go, you know, I used to have real strong opinions about that. Yeah. Until I understood it. Yeah. You know. I just I like don't. That is not for me to mm-hmm. judge. Like mm-hmm. all can you can really know you. is your story That's right. and what. And then if someone comes to you and asks for advice, you ask God for wisdom. Yeah, that's right. And that's about all you can do, right? Yeah. Um, has redoing a house made it harder or easier? Because y'all totally like you know, gutted and redid so the whole thing. This, I'm going to have to year. say the S word again. Okay, you can. You okay. can. So a year ago, God needed to tell me, or it was in his, I believe that this is my take on it. Yes. But he needed to send me a really clear message because I don't get subtlety. Mm -hmm. And the message was, your life is full of And the way I'm going to show you that is I'm actually going to fill your house with You're lying. So I, I need to write about it. I haven't written about it in a clear way yet. But literally, there were over the course of two days in the summer of 2016, the 28th and the 29th, which is my mother's birthday, June 28th and 29th we the first day was a flood that happened because of a a blockage in our hundred year old sewer line oh bless and the the block it was the blockage was this is the comedy a squirrel at some point (gasps) in the last hundred years had stockpiled all of his nuts like into essentially a (laughs) dam that was like a in a sewage pipe in a sewer pipe yeah oh so, uh, so essentially, the poop uh-huh. and the everything for was, the last one hundred years, for who knows ish. how long, was going there and stopping. And just because there's just two of us, like it, we weren't like using enough water to really like have a problem. It was kind of like probably who knows. You, this is way too many details. No, I'm but, like, so into who it. Who knows what was hap- actually happening to the water and things that were coming down our our pump, our plumbing. But at a certain point, the system got stressed. We had some um, friends that were visiting, and they took no. some showers, and I went to work, and I took a shower, and everyone, no one did anything wrong, just normal, like, but all of the water backed up over the low, the lowest point in the house. That's what happens. Like, 
they were showering upstairs. Water kind of drains, then backs up, doesn't have anywhere to go, overflows the entire downstairs. Okay. It, like, overflows the toilet and the downstairs bathtub, and it covers no, 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 the no, first no. floor. Is it just water? It's watery things. Okay. It's oh, waterish stuff. Oh, my gosh. But it's water. And then the next day, part two, I'm filming a music video, and I'm like, Jeff's been out of town and for the first flood, and I'm literally carrying buckets. In fact, Josh mm-hmm. Dunahoo, our mutual friend, yes. my guitar player, who's now doesn't live here. In his- oh, I know. Blast oh, Seattle. In, in you Seattle. win Seattle. You got one of he the good co- ones. He comes over, and I am literally covered in poop water. Oh, carrying buckets of paint, like paint buckets, those huge big ones you get from Home Depot out on dumping the poopy water onto my front yard like i am no. covered head to toe just like no. trying to get the water to go down it's just me it's just like overflowing so then day two of the flood is, does josh help you or does he just come watch he just i think he was like i don't know what to do with you <laughs> apparently he says he walked up and i just said handling it <laughs> Like and I'm I'm literally I'm covered and I'm in my clothes that I had worn to like my co-write and I ran home and I'm just like trying to deal with it. And I'm in heels and like No. I'm just you didn't even put head on to toe in poop handling poop, clothes. Poop water. And then day two is Jeff then has the plumber come to clear the line and he they they blast the line with this like high pressure water, which apparently is like so powerful that it could like take off a finger. Oh if it's like crazy pressure and they're just gonna through this well what happens is all that water shoots down the pipe hits the you know we don't know the squirrel dam yeah (laughs) and what happens is all of the contents of that pipe then come blasting back out (gasps) into your house into our home so it didn't it didn't It didn't so blast God's the squirrel like, dam. No, it retracted it was really every, strong. What did God the plumber do? Li- yeah, he said you need to call Serve Pro right now. And Jeff called me and said there is guacamole <gasps> consistency poop. <laughs> like, don't come home. Just don't even come home. How, so, like all over your basement. Uh, can covering the basement, all of the contents of the basement. So first of all, was covered in guacamole poop. <laughs> oh, and, and also, God bless the young man from Surf Pro who's like making twelve dollars an hour and cleaning our poop. Uh huh. So God was like, "Hey, I know you don't like do too well with subtlety, so I'm just going to be really clear that you have some stuff to mm. clean up. Yeah, you need to clean house. And like, I haven't finished cleaning house, um, but." What that that is everything from like, what am I obsessing over? What extra work am I making for myself that he is not calling me to? Yeah. What things, actual items, do I need to let go of uh-huh. because I don't need them, but I think that I do because I'm I'm worshiping safety and yeah. I, have, I have a lot of trauma in my story, and people that have trauma in their story like. They, you walk around with a lot of fear mm-hmm. and hyper vigilant that someone else yeah. is going to kind of hurt you. Yes, and so sure. you you build a lot of little fortresses in your life. And I just need to clean house. Mm-hmm. So we're in the process of cleaning house. And so what's funny is, I had we oh, we live in a hundred year old house. We've been there for ten years. And I had longed, so longed for, like, a new kitchen. Because we had yeah. this, like, cheesy 80s kitchen in there that was so nasty. Yeah. But it was, it, we couldn't afford to change it. Right. 
And God gave me exactly what I wanted, which was like my new kitchen. Yeah. In exactly like the hardest way possible. (laughs) (laughs) Which in the end, like it is sweet. Like I I was able to, we had to, we like are using our savings and we've lived with my mom for a year and like we're, we fixed a lot of our house. Yeah. Yeah. You went ahead and we're like, okay, here are like eight other things. So let's just, you know, while we're at it, we're going to need to just, we are, we're going to have to update our kitchen. But it's really wonderful. Like, yeah. I'm so, I've just never been, like, I'm so excited about yeah. it. I just feel really weirdly, like, just, like, more thankful for a material thing than I ever remember feeling. Yeah. But I also think he is calling me to use my life in that space in a different way. And I don't know oh, what all so that means. Well, you and I talked about us praying over it. Yes. Uh, actually, so I would like to, I still would like to do that. I want to do it. I'm sitting in the wonder a little yeah. bit, like, okay, what are you going to? What do you have for that? Yeah, it so feels like a new season thing yeah, for you it? and for Jeff and for y'all and for what you're going to do with your house. Yeah. I think you're right. But, so that's the – I will never forget. Don't come home. There's guacamole <laughs> poop <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> like y'all. It's, it's an me. unbelievable story. That squirrel. What a squirrel. What a squirrel. <laughs> he was a champion. <laughs> He's the best builder we know. Okay, here's the problem. We're out of time. And we have not talked about number one parties. We haven't talked about your working out, which I wanted to. So, but the beautiful thing is you'll be at the That Sounds Fun weekend. Yes, I will. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. And we're going to record some of it as a live podcast. So we will have topics Oh, is there talking, not just singing? Yes. Oh. Yes. Sorry, did we not tell you that? No, you probably did. I just, I'm not thorough. I'm so glad you're going to be there. I can't wait. It is going to be the most fun. We are so excited about you being there. So, okay. So our last question we always ask. Because it's called the That Sounds Fun podcast. Mm-hmm. What sounds fun to you right now? Okay, right now, have, just having people around the table and feeding them. Are you a table person? Yes. Okay. Actually, have you read the book Bread and Wine? Yes. Okay. Shauna. Like, I, I, that speaks to my heart so yeah. much. And my, yeah. one, longing for community myself to be included, mm-hmm. but also because I have so longed for that. I love bringing people in and yeah. giving them up. Like I want people to feel welcome. Yeah. So right now what sounds so fun is like I'm going to make a peach cobbler on uh-huh. Wednesday and I'm going to have dinner at my house. with At your house? At not my at your house. <gasps> oh, for I'm the so first glad time. you get to do that. What else are you making? Do you peach want a cobbler? Maybe. Okay. What do I have on Wednesday? Red well, just me, come. There's some people that you know will be there. Oh, so great. come. Okay. Duh. Um, what else are you making? So I think also— Or is that it? Is it no, like a dessert No, no, party? no. It's dinner. But one of the things that Jeff and I are talking about is I'm a person that says yes to all things because yes. I get super excited about things. Yep. Do you and, know your Enneagram number? Yes, but I'm not a seven. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Is that what you thought I was going for? Yeah, well, yeah, because yeah, yeah. no. you, you were I, but, leaning toward it. Uh, in that way, I probably do lean yeah, towards totally. it. But— um, I also, and this ties into our very first conversation, you learning how to say no in a kind and generous way so you can say yes to other things is really important. So Jeff is just like, can you not do like a big elaborate dinner and can you just do something simple? Mm. Because we're going to make it not about how fancy your cooking can be, but like just feeding and nourishing the people that are invited. So for me, the balance in that this week was not making something elaborate that points the, you know, shiny spotlight on me and whatever, like sure thing that i was trying to prove sure and just like we're gonna do rotisserie chicken a yummy salad probably crusty bread great and then yes yeah, so and then there will be cobbler. Peach cobbler. i will celebrate you okay at Thank a peach you. um thanks for being on the podcast i love you Thank i love you, you, you too. having me i'm grateful for you
man, what a joy she is, right? Like, it's so honest and so, yeah, she just, she's one of the people, I think, in my life that the times we've sat down, and honestly, what you heard today is like what we do when we sit down at Frothy Monkey and have breakfast. Like, that's just what happens. That's the beauty of you guys getting to hear me talk to my friends is that this is, this went deeper than I ever thought it would go. We didn't get to a third, almost a half of the stuff on my list of what I wanted to talk to Kelly about because it just got real deep real quick. So I hope you enjoyed that and love her. I know she's just honest. And she, like I was saying, she's one of my friends who has done so much work on understanding her own story and learning to love her own story. It just makes me have tons of respect for her and her relationship with her husband and her relationship with herself and God, it's just beautiful. So, um, and you know, my thought is after our conversation today, if you have more questions about stuff we were talking about, particularly if you have questions about Jesus, if you have questions about what we believe, I am super easy to find, embarrassingly so, as I tell you every week. Annie at AnnieFDowns.com is my email and it comes straight to me. That's actually my personal email. So if there is any questions I can answer or at least attempt to answer, I don't know everything, but I can tell you what I have experienced with God and with Jesus. And so I'd be happy to do that. Hey, if you enjoyed today's episode, a couple of others that came to my mind that you might like is Ellie Holcomb's episode is another singer songwriter we've had on. And Christy Knuckles, her Christmas episode is so fun and super lovely. And thank you guys so much. Y'all have been sending us so many great ideas for the next season of the podcast. And we have already got about half of the fall booked. So we are trying to get to as many people as you guys suggest and as many of my friends as we can get in here to sit down with me. And we are having the best time. So thank you for your suggestions and keep them coming. The sky is the limit, you guys. If there's someone in Asheville you can think of, we can maybe get them here. (laughs) Maybe not. You know me, Reba McIntyre. Reba McIntyre. That's the dream. Reba and Dolly. Those are the dreams. When that happens, I'm dropping the mic. Not really, probably because I love this too much. But those are the dreams, you guys. So if you can get me Reba, if you can figure out a way to get Reba in this room, let's do it. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you really enjoyed this conversation with Kelly as I did. And what sounds fun to me is it's Monday. And every Monday I eat lunch with the same group of friends. We call it Noodle Monday, even though we don't eat noodles anymore. And we are headed to Burger Up, one of my favorite local places in the neighborhood. Absolutely delicious. I think today I'll be having, they have this really great kale salad. And if you put the turkey burger on it, oh man. It's awesome. So I think that's what is in my heart for lunch today. And that's what sounds fun to me is meeting up with my pals for Noodle Monday. So you guys are hearing this on a Thursday, maybe a Friday or a Saturday and the weekend in June. I hope you go out and do something that sounds really fun to you this weekend. And we will see you next week.